0: Good morning, and welcome to this edition of Advice Worth Keeping, KPMG's podcast series where we interview firm executives and thought leaders, as well as third-party industry luminaries and experts on important global business trends, topics, and leading practices. My name is Stan Lepique, and I lead global research for KPMG's Management Consulting Services Group. And I'm pleased to have back with us again here today Mr. Julio Hernandez. Julio is the principal in the U.S. firm focused on customer solutions, and Julio also manages the global center of excellence that also looks at issues related to the customer. What we're here to talk about today is top trends for 2018, and I think with Julio will get a relatively unique perspective, at least from the KPMG side, of what's really going on with the customer, what's going on with the front office. So we talk a lot about back office and service delivery of support functions, but what I'm very interested to hear from Julio about today is what he sees going on in 2018 and beyond relative to the customer and how organizations are interacting with the customer. So, Julio, thanks for joining us again here today on the Advice Worth Keeping podcast series.
1: Thanks, Dan. Really happy to be back to talk about all things customer and how customer fits in to our client's agenda
0: to segue from that, what is the client agenda for 2018 and beyond? What are some of the big trends you're seeing from a positive standpoint? And then we can segue into some of the challenges, but maybe to start out, what are some of the positive trends you're seeing relative to how your clients are dealing with their customers, interacting with their customers, and hopefully making their customers happy customers?
1: Stan, I think the first thing is, at least from a commercial perspective, when we talk about the clients that have a P&L, that they're out there trying to you know, sell things to folks, all of our clients are very interested in driving profitable growth. They're absolutely in a battle for growth, and this is a continuation of a theme that we've been hearing over the last couple of years. While they're very cognizant of cost, getting their cost structure, and always continuously evolving their cost structure, they really know that they're in a battle for growth, and they know they can't shrink their way to growth, so they know they need to win with the customer. So profitable top line growth is a critical component for CEOs moving forward into 2018. And we see that continuing into the future. A big part of that is because when you look at the valuation of companies, you look at the stock, companies are really traded on what you call their current earnings and the present value of current earnings and future earnings, which is really around future growth. Future growth is powered by profitable Mm -hmm. growth. So really a key issue for our clients.
0: There's certainly a lot of positive trends in the market. I guess if you look at it from a stock market perspective, if you look at it from the standpoint of relative stability globally, socioeconomically, what do you see as some of the challenges to profitable growth that you're seeing in your client organizations and that you're trying to help them address?
1: Well, a lot of our clients are really interested in driving profitable growth. They also recognize they're in a spot where they have a lot of competing competition from existing players, from new players, and from players that aren't even out there in the marketplace. And so they're having to really address that. They're also dealing with a customer who is much more informed than they've ever been in the past and has the ability to switch very quickly and can also communicate in a very loud voice. So let's just talk about some of those things. The customer has more power than ever. They can communicate to others. They can get on the social media and say when a bad service is out there or a bad product. If they don't feel like things have gone the right way, they'll let the world know and that you could pay a price for that. Customers are also very interested in how trustworthy you are. The trustworthiness of the brand is really a paramount importance to that. Customers today don't want complex solutions. They want it to be simple. Thank Steve Jobs for that by inventing the apple. Thank Amazon for being able to create a really simple customer experience. We're also starting to see this emerging of what we call value-led purchases. Companies that are focused on a target segment that displays certain values are starting to have some really great successes. An example of that would be Chick-fil-A. If you think about Chick-fil-A, they're not open on Sunday. They really try to hire folks who are going to represent them well, who are very consumer and people-centric, who are willing to say my pleasure after someone says thank you to them. And people are really flocked to that institution. Its sales and revenues per store are significantly higher than its marquee competitor. We're also seeing this point that we talked a little bit around customer power, but the democratization of communication. No longer do I have to be well-connected to be able to have a point of view and share that point of view around the world. We're also seeing an emerging channel shift. What we mean by that is there are continuously channels that are evolving. used to be that you had to go into the store. Then you used to be able to call an 800 number with a catalog. Then you could go online and buy it on your laptop or your computer. Now you can be on social media and click a buy button and actually buy something that was recommended to you from your friends who are on that social network. Or better yet, the analytics behind it recommends something and you are exposed to it and you decide to buy it. And then lastly, there's a desire for accelerated innovation and instant access. And what I mean by that is people want companies to always be on, and they want to basically make sure that those companies are harnessing the best innovation to serve them. If you're a CEO today in this world where you've got competitors coming at you that are old competitors, new competitors, and competitors that haven't been thought of, and then you've got consumers who've got all this power and have such huge expectations, you can imagine that you've got some navigating to do.
0: Julio, what are some of the headwinds you see your clients facing this year? Obviously, I would think predominantly it's not doing all the stuff you just said, but what I'm particularly interested in is headwinds for some newer companies, and you cited both Apple and Amazon, which really aren't new, but they're newer than a lot of other organizations out there. And then the more traditional firms, so that could be maybe a brick-and-mortar retailer or it could be an older technology firm than Apple, because some other research we've done have shown bifurcation between what more traditional firms see as headwinds and what some of the newer firms see. What do you see as some of the challenges organizations have and what's some of your advice and how to address them above and beyond what you've already just stated?
1: I think the response is multifold. The first thing is companies need to take stock of where they are in the ecosystem. There is no doubt that companies like Amazon or Walmart or Facebook or Google have a distinct advantage because they seem to have these platform businesses. They've gone out and invested significant amounts of money in their business. They've got a lock-in effect, and their size continues to afford them the opportunity to compete in interesting ways. And you'll notice I said Walmart there because their e-commerce acquisition, they're starting to look more and more like a platform play, and they've got the scale to be able to work with their vendors. They've got the scale to be able to harness their technology investments. They've got the scale to be able to really engage with the good walk to the population and understand what they need. So you've got these what I call behemoths that have really either gotten there by pure scale or by a platform play. And they've also perfected the art of customer experience. If you look at Amazon, they've really set the bar for what it is to be able to consume and buy. You can do it on a replenishment basis. You can have things shipped to you almost overnight or the same day. You have the ability to make that pricing go away for shipping based on a prime membership they also have huge spots of data about you so they can be in a much better position to make recommendations. Again, platform and scale really help. So if you're a smaller company, you're having to figure out how do I harness analytics to drive those same insights that a bigger platform site can make? Should I partner with those platforms or should I go it alone? How should I make my technology investments and how do I compete against that size? And while there are many ways to do that, many of these same companies are saying, I'm going to compete on customer experience. It's a little bit ironic that Amazon says they're a customer experience company, and these smaller companies are saying, I'm going to compete on customer experience. Where the distinction comes is what that customer experience is going to look like, what they're going to be famous for, how they're going to engage and go to market, how they're going to engage the customer, how they're going to take care of the customer afterwards. And so that's really where the battleground is happening. So the headwinds are size, scale, from consumers, consumers being locked in. The response is competing on customer experience and then picking your spots on how to do that best.
0: So then maybe to wrap up, looking at initiatives 2018 and maybe the next couple of years beyond that, what are you seeing as the focus area for your clients? In particular, they're looking at improving customer experience and perhaps where are there some gaps where you think maybe they should be looking at some different things. Because we hear a lot about process automation. We hear a lot about big data and data analytics. And those terms are, from my perspective, somewhat generic. And it seems to be that if you're going to really take advantage of them, you need to have a context such as customer experience. What do you see the focus area? for your clients, and are they hitting on things, or do you see that in some cases they're maybe missing some opportunities?
1: I think about it in three ways. First, most of our companies are saying they want to compete using customer experience. That's very clear, so they've got to be able to define and design the right customer experiences, and that's a good aim, a good strategy, makes a lot of sense. The second thing these companies need to do, though, is they need to basically operate it in a connected manner. And what I mean by that is, you're going to go out and make a promise to deliver a great customer experience your organization needs to be in the position to be able to do that so that means that basically you need to connect with customers on their terms you need to ensure that your employees are connected so they can take care of those customers you need to make sure that your front middle and back offices are connected and really aren't siloed so that companies company can execute against that customer experience you need to make sure if you're using partners that they are actually doing what you ask them to do and they deliver on the customer experience that you've delivered to your customers, even if they're doing it for you. And we need to pick up the digital signals that are out there. The world that has got lots of IoT data signals and all the rest. And then the last point is, CEOs are having to pull their companies into the digital age. And that means they need to start harnessing these things that you talked about. Intelligent automation, cognitive. They need to think about better visualization. They need to think about personalization through really good decisioning and really good analytics. They need to think about robotics and taking costs out where the customer doesn't value it and placing that cost or those investments in areas that customers do value it in. Think about it basically threefold. I've got to design great customer experiences that are going to be relevant to the customers that I want to win with. i got to make sure that my organization is connected in a way to be able to deliver on those customer experiences across the value chain. And lastly, I've got to be able to take advantage of these emerging digital techniques that basically support this digital world we live in to take costs out where Mm -hmm. there are things that aren't valued and to put the investments in areas where they're going to be valued by the customer. And if you're able to do those three things well, I believe, and I think KPMC believes, that you'll be able to drive profitable growth and compete
0: some strong marching orders there to wrap up. And I think that provides some hope for the 98% who aren't Amazon, Walmart, Apple, or some of the other top firms you cited. But there still is great opportunities for them if they adopt and embrace some of the principles you just outlined. So Julio, as usual, thank you very much for your insights. I think this is some great perspective on what organizations should be doing to actually make the customer experience actionable versus just the tagline. So thank you for your time today. And you can find the links to the items we referenced in the show today below the podcast. If you're online, of course, the URL for that is kpmg.com/us/podcast. That's our wrap. Thanks for your participation.